Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie. So, one up this hour, we have some unique sounds from Taiwan on ear to the ground, and also some beautiful Chinese classical music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. But first, join us for here in Taiwan. Here in Taiwan, it's Wednesday, January eighth, and in the studio we have Jake Chen. Hello, Paula Chow. Hello, and I am Natalie So. We'll be telling you about a Formula car built by a university here, and also how too much and too little sleep can hurt us. Also, Taiwan wins big again at the Rose Parade, and banks are getting ready for Chinese New Year. Those stories and more coming right up. Okay, so a university here has built a Formula car. Tell us about this. Yeah, um, I'm sure some of our listeners might be sports fans, but but for those who aren't, f- Formula cars are cars that have basically nothing but a chassis and four wheels. You don't have uh, an upper body, right? The driver is exposed. It's just extremely light and powerful, fast cars that uh, you know join races at different levels all around the world. So it suffice to say that building a Formula car is not easy. Even for established companies, a lot of technologies and manpower and research are involved. At the highest level, billions of dollars literally is spent in R and D every year. So, um, a team at the National Chenggong University, based here in Taipei City, last year built their own Formula car, and um, they literally started from scratch. I mean, it doesn't get any more scratch than this. They built. Their own tube chassis. They welded everything together. They found their own gears, their suspensions. Here's a photo of what they did to build the car. It was literally nothing but a metal chassis. Wow! And then,、uh, yeah, they competed in a competition in Japan last year in September,、um, and uh, they did well.、Uh, they didn't exactly rank among the highest tier because there's well over a hundred teams from around the world. That took part in the competition, and this was their first year that took part in that. But、uh, this year they've they've、uh, expanded their team, and then、uh, they said they're looking forward to compete in more uh, competitions uh, here in Taiwan and globally as well. So, quite quite impressive. They went from literally nothing to to a car like this. It's a, like a junior Formula One that's, car. That's really cool. I mean,、yeah. it's amazing what our young people can do. Yeah, they're doing all kinds of、uh, creations and AI, and of course they win a lot of math awards, science、yeah. awards all the time. So Taiwan is doing a lot of interesting things、um, all around the world. One thing we're good at is winning awards at the Rose Parade. Tell us about this, Paula. Well, this year Taiwan has won the international award again. That's、um, the third year in a row. And China Airlines has claimed the international award for the most outstanding float from outside the U.S. 
at the 131st edition of the Rose Parade, and the parade was held in Pasadena um, in Los Angeles on January the 1st. And this year, the theme is Dreams, um, dreams of Flying, Wings of Hope, and the, um, the float um, no, presented by China Airlines features a music box embellished with more than 20,000 fresh flowers. Wow. Wow. It must be pretty. Yeah, it must be really pretty. And the float drew its inspiration from, you know, um, elements, Taiwan's cultural elements, such as um, Taipei 101, uh, sky lanterns, uh, steamed dumplings, uh, beef noodle soup. <laughs> a Taiwan... I'm just imagining all of this on one float. That's, yeah, that's right. Pretty, uh, they're putting everything there. Pretty, quite a mixture. Yeah. A Formosan black bear and also a Taiwan blue magpie. I think that's Taiwan's national mm-hmm. bird. Anyway, uh, who designed the float? It was actually, um, the float was not designed by um, Taiwanese people. It was actually designed by a John Ramirez. Uh, he is a veteran in the art of float decoration. And he has participated in um, the Rose Parade for nearly 10 years. Well, he said it's a privilege to to do the job for um, China Airlines, and he's also pretty happy. He said he that's because his wife comes from Taiwan. Ah, no wonder. Right. So this is the third year in a row that China Airlines has won the award at the annual parade, which is one of the most anticipated New Year events in the States. Yeah, yeah I think in the world as well, mm-hmm. right? It's so famous. And I know that China Airlines wins that award many, many years. It's not just the third right. time. They've won it so many times. Their flutes are very nicely designed mm-hmm. and use a lot of great flowers. And, yeah. A winner. Yeah, so a clear winner. So if you're ever in Pasadena for the Rose Parade, always look out for the China Airlines uh, float. It's got to be good. industry is very popular a lot of people doing that as a side job but they are facing some challenges tell us more jake yeah i remember when the industry first burst onto the scene i think earlier this sorry earlier last year in 2019 it was a huge thing right i mean we heard stories of guys make quitting their jobs to get into this industry because it made you know allow them to make more in terms of income than whatever job that they had before you know we had stories of people making over a hundred thousand um a month which is several times the average monthly salary um but apparently the rosy days are no more because you know as it is with a lot of industries the demands will rise but only to a certain extent but once the supply is abundant right i mean the, the price that people are willing to pay goes down eventually it's a simple math of supply and demand so the the idea that you can make a living you know riding scooters and delivering food all over taipei and all over taiwan it seems to be uh, no longer the case because the figures have come in uh this time from the labor ministry um and um, apparently the demand has gone up, but because so many people have done this, either full-time or part-time, the per-order price have gone down. In as early as October 2018, so this goes back to more than a year ago, the average uh, order was 413 New Taiwan dollars. That comes into roughly $14 US, which is reasonable. A year later to September 2019, that figure has gone down to 244 so barely $8 US. And then, that's a full order? Yeah, that's that tells full, you how, how uh, good our prices are here in Taiwan. <laughs> right, but that also tells you how little people make, right? Because you make 
as the person who delivered that food, you make a fraction of that price, right? How, so how does it work? It's, it's a, a percentage of the full order or is it just a flat fee? It is a percentage of the full order. Oh, and if the um, whoever orders it decided to give you more, they can give you more, but most of the time they don't do that. It's just not percent- much tipping going around in Taiwan. Not much no. tipping, no. It's just a percentage and then a thank you, and that's pretty much What's it. What's the percentage? I think it was 10 or 15 percent. Okay. Yeah. So if you deliver. Well, if it's 10 percent, it's like 20 and dollars. Right. That's nothing. That's yeah. less than one US dollar. You also get a kickback. Uh, what do you call that? Um, I think they have, uh, like, if you deliver, like, uh, an outrageous number, like 50 or 60 orders per day, the company that you work with, whom you work for, um, will give you like a bonus, but it's a minimal bonus, like several hundred New Taiwan dollars at best. So you you have to drive like nuts, which many of them do oh to make that number. So as the months go by, the average numbers are looking good because um, by the end of last year, more than half of the orders are below 200 New Taiwan dollars. That means that, you know, per delivery, the person who delivers that makes about 20. That's you know, way too low. That's way too low. So that's does to that cover it. the gas that they're paying? Gas, <laughs> car. I'm sorry, uh, motorcycle maintenance and all that. So, yeah. And over, uh, sorry, here's a new number. Over ninety percent of orders are below five hundred New Taiwan dollars. Oh so, wow! Yeah. Um, I, I guess you know since the market, uh, the job market is flooded by people with motorcycles, which is everybody in Taiwan. Well, ninety percent of people in Taiwan, the pay has gone down. So that's that's kind of sad, huh? That's the the latest update. Okay, so this has been an interesting um, industry to watch, and we'll continue mm. to keep our eye on it. It has a lot to do with our lifestyles here, right? People love to buy food. And to and not get out to buy food, they stay home. They're getting lazy, yeah? Yeah. Do you guys yeah. use it, the service? Um, I've never used it myself. I've never used it no. either. I'm still no. used to doing it the old-fashioned way, either cooking or buying my own food. Right. <laughs> All right, so um, that's the latest from the food delivery industry. story about getting enough sleep is important you shouldn't get too much or too little tell us about that yeah uh this is a research from the uk and several uh, health experts here in taiwan have uh commented and agree with that apparently if you sleep too much this is to my surprise um you might be at a elevated risk of developing pulmonary fibrosis uh, which is part of your lungs turning into a harder fiber which is you know not good in the long term I had no idea, but oh, this is... I don't think that's a big problem for most people. Right, <laughs> especially not in Taiwan because people sleep too little. But uh, if you sleep uh, less than six and a half hours, you are at a higher risk of developing that. If you sleep more than 11 hours, I don't think anybody here has a problem, you are at a higher risk of developing that as well. Oh, the same disease? Yeah. Same, the same symptoms? The same, wow. the same disease, which is pretty interesting. So if you sleep less than four hours per day, the chances of you develop, developing that disease triples compared to an average people. But then again, if you are sleeping only four hours a day, I'm sure you suffer from a lot of other issues as well. So yeah, sleep uh, you know, is, is paramount. I think you know, now that we're entering the second, oh, the third decade of the 21st century, right? We're getting increasingly distracted. Our, our attention is being fragmented at a level that's never seen before. So Getting sleep, getting uninterrupted sleep is something that people should value, I think, more and more. I think we need to make it a priority. I mean, oh, yeah. I know I've been reading up on this because just for my whole family's health. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times we, we make it, we don't put it as a priority, right? But right. Um, 
And we especially get distracted by our screens, which if we use it all up to late night, it help, It makes us uh, harder to fall asleep. Right. So Because blue light, uh, the emission of blue light uh, sort of tricks your brain thinking that you're still awake, that you, should, you right. still should be awake. And even that, that you haven't shot eye after that, like I think the first an hour or two hours, uh, uh, the, of your sleep is really very shallow level of sleep. Mm. You don't really get the rest that you, you need. So that's true. Yeah. So I been I gave I started a curfew for my kids. Oh, how did that work? For, out? Um, well, first two days are fine. I think it's um, assisted by the jet lag. They're so tired anyway. Good. But to put their phones and tablets away and not take them to bed with them. Okay. Because that's what they do. You know, they're like reading it while they're in bed and all the time. Sleep. Well, before so keep some up later. So because yeah. as I say, you got to put it away in your backpack and then go to bed. So it kind of cuts off the the extra time they spend on it, right? And hopefully exactly. gets them to sleep earlier. Yeah, I need to do the similar things <laughs> for myself. Too. Right. But uh, yeah, let's all get some more sleep. It's very good for our health, right? Physical, emotional, mental health. It's all very good for us. a recent article on pedestrian.tv about why Taipei is worth a visit in 2020 if you're looking to up your travel game. And it mentioned a few reasons why Taipei is a great place to visit. What would be your top reason? What do you guys think? Well, I guess hospitality, food. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, those are great things. How about you, Jake? I think the convenience of transportation is... That's is, true. You know, I mean, it's not unique to Taipei, but it's, they, they build it pretty well here. Yeah, it makes yeah. it easy to get around wherever you want to go, right? Yeah. So um, this reporter, number one, said Mother Nature outdid herself and has a picture of the Yeliu and um, the beautiful rock formations there. We do have a beautiful coastline. Yeah. Oh, I don't mean to cut you off. Whoever wants to see that Yeliu and the Queen's Head should probably come within the next year or two. Because geologists said, in the long term, it's that's getting a, thin. The neck it, is getting oh, very it thin. Could, it could break off. So yeah, that's true. Um, we also have like a Ulai waterfall and Teapot Mountain. Um, some beautiful scenes. All kinds of beautiful natural scenery. They also say the markets are unparalleled. So I guess they're talking about night markets and all kinds of markets. Street food. And, you know, they also sell spices and souvenirs and fashion and all kinds of good stuff. Have you guys, do you guys go to night markets often? Not that often. Yeah. I mean, they're so famous, but I don't go too often either. It's kind of uh, claustrophobic for me. Yeah. Too many people. If you ever try to, I mean, I haven't tried that in years, but if you ever try to go to a night market on Saturdays, you can barely move <laughs> other than literally you other than you know just move along with the crowd you can't shift left and right because you know it's, there's people uh, all over the place so yeah it's uh, i haven't been there for a while now yeah i mean there's a lot of good food and cheap food and yeah. a lot of interesting stores but you, you gotta have energy right yeah <laughs> it could be exhausting yeah she also likes the annual events like the pink she sky lantern festival which is really beautiful i think a lot of people and know those images of Taiwan of, you know, the ancient sky lanterns, the kind of like special balloons that are lit with fire and, mm. and flown into the air. Also, we have, you know, the Lantern Festival and, um, you know, Lunar New Year events. A lot of also we just had our fireworks, which is great. Did you guys see the fireworks? Over New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve? No, this year. Not this Did year. You, no? Okay. It did look pretty good, though. 
I wasn't here, but uh, looks good as always. <laughs> and also, she said the buildings are fascinating, um, such as the temples, Zongsan Hall. What do you guys think of the temples here? Do you enjoy going to those for culture's sake? Not for culture's sake. Or you know, for maybe every once in a while. I guess yeah. it's, yeah. I would visit temples. I guess for people who've never been to a temple, they right. might find yeah. it interesting. I was going to say, for someone who's lived here for years and decades, that might not be new. I remember when I went for the first time, again, it's, you know, the second visit wasn't that charming. But when I visited the first time, the it's 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 a very unique charm. In, I mean, it's a very unique energy anyway, in, in that you, you smell the incense and then you're... you're, you're you're jammed in, you're jam-packed with, you know, literally thousands of people who are trying to go in. They're all very devout pilgrims. So a very energetic place for sure. Comfortable? No. Not uh, comfortable. There's no. a lot of incense. I don't like the smell either, but uh, yeah, it's it, an interesting place to observe. Uh, yeah, it's a first time uh, Local thing. culture, religion. Well, some temples actually have imposed a ban on burning incense. I, yeah, they yeah. are getting more environmental. That's true. I think Longsan Temple has done that, actually. One of the biggest temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, she mentioned the tea houses. Oh, so tea we got houses. a lot of beautiful wow. tea houses. Um, some of them are left behind from the Japanese era. So um, those are interesting things that I think a lot of people in different parts of the world don't see. So good things to uh, see here in Taiwan. We also have uh, Chinese New Year coming up, and some banks are getting prepared for that. Tell us what's going on with that, Paula. All right. Um, you know, most people would go to the banks to exchange, um, to get a new Taiwan dollar bills. That's because I think it's a tradition. You know, it's New Year. You know, you have new clothes, new shoes, new socks, and you also have new bills. So like it's parent, better to give new bills, right? If you not, get... oh, yeah, dirty old bills. What? No. <laughs> right. And so um, the Central Bank of Taiwan um, says, you know, people can go to eight major financial institutions to exchange their banknotes, oh. right? And actually, an RTI offer also offers you know similar service. Are you every, serious? Yes, I did not know that. I didn't know yes. that. Every every Do we um, have new bills that we can exchange here every year. I guess two one week or two weeks before Chinese New Year. So I think I had the, no the, idea. Yes, the management oh invited gosh. you know a bank to and you know, so they brought lots That's of new amazing new banknotes. This is so the to make things easier for RTI employees, <laughs> right? Oh, that's great. I mean, it is better to give new bills, right? There's something yeah. more special about that. So do you guys have a lot of red packets to give out? Um, some, because I met my nephews, you have nephews my nieces. nieces. Yes, I have to give them you know, a <laughs> red envelope. Yeah, come to think of it, more and more of my friends are having babies. So, yeah, I probably will in a couple of years. <laughs> All right, so that's what's going on here in Taiwan. Thanks for joining us. And... Stay tuned for Ear to the Ground and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. For here in Taiwan, I am Natalie So. I'm Jake Chen. And I'm Paula Chow. We'll see ya. The sound of the Puyuma tribe 
on Radio Taiwan International. A couple weeks ago, a local TV crew came to do a report on how we search for sounds and turn them into stories. They wanted me to bring them somewhere in Taipei, where we could go and find something that I've never before recorded. I ended up bringing them to the Gongguan district near the National Taiwan University. And at a traditional market, I discovered something I'd never heard before. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, I discover the breath of the city. An ear to the ground. Gongguan sounds like just about everywhere else in Taipei. When we arrive at 9 a.m. on a sunny Friday morning, the last stragglers are rushing to work. Busload after busload of passengers empties and reloads at a busy intersection. The film crew shoots me from a couple different angles, holding a microphone, listening to the sounds on my headphones, and then we enter a nearby market. It's the Shuiyuan Market, which has been around for years, but recently got a facelift. Inside, I wander around, followed by the camera crew, which is always awkward. I go from stall to stall, buying steamed buns at one place, and then chatting with a woman about household goods at another. Some of the shopkeepers were very curious about what we were filming. Others were even a little annoyed. It's hard to be elusive when you're walking around with such huge cameras and microphones and other equipment. The funny part about the excursion is that the program was for a Buddhist television station, which means that we had to avoid filming any images of meat or butcher shops, because they're vegetarian, of course. That was kind of tough, considering that the whole second floor of the marketplace seemed to be dedicated to just that. I also did my best to avoid recording the sound of chopping meat. But the real find was not the food stalls and the butcher shops. It was the little workshops where women... And yes, it was all women, as far as I could see, were sewing. They were assembling everything from curtains to, as this woman says, women's pants. It's been years since I heard the sound of sewing machines up close. It made me think of the old Singer sewing machine that my mom used to assemble our Halloween costumes when I was little. I love the sounds of these machines, not just because they make me nostalgic, but because every time you hear the rumble, you know that stitches are being laid into the fabric, work is being accomplished, and the dress or drapes or whatever it is, is closer to being completed. As I round a corner, I'm greeted by another sound coming from one of the shops. A big sigh is emitted from one of the steamers. A woman is pressing the fabric with an industrial iron. She's curious to know what it is that we're doing. I tell her that I'm collecting unusual sounds and that her iron sounds like it's breathing. She says she thinks it's strange. Almost nobody records sounds. I say that she must find sounds like this pretty normal and that she must think that there's nothing special about them. She admits that it does sound like someone is breathing. I tell her that it sounds like this one that accompany her through her everyday life. She agrees. And she says she has to hear it every day or else she'd feel like she was missing something. As I exit the market doors, I'm left with the memory of the rumbling sewing machines and the breathing of the steamers. I can't help but feel that this is the heart of Gongguan, a big, living, breathing building at its center.
With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's jade bells and bamboo pipes. I'm Carlson Wong and on today's show we'll feature the second part of this album called Taiwan in Bloom performed by NCO or National Chinese Orchestra Taiwan. The first piece that we'll be playing for you today is Fragrance of the Silent Orchid, composed by Guan Nai Zhong. Guan Nai Zhong was born in Beijing in 1939, and from an early age, he received a rigorous education in music. This composition, The Fragrance of the Silent Orchid, was commissioned in 2017, and the premiere took place in the concert Beautiful Fate of Taiwan Memory in 2018.
Fragrance of the Silent Orchid, composed by Guan Nai Zhong, with the adaptation from a pop song called The Orchid, composed by Chen Xiande. And next, we'll play for you Silver Grass Fantasia by Liu Lianghui. Flowers are a perennial symbol of the feminine, likely due to the uniqueness, beauty, and characteristics they share. Thus, we have many musical descriptions of flowers used as a metaphor for the feminine: the jasmine in June, winter jasmine, white peony, and orange jasmine are a few examples.
This is Radio Taiwan International. And again, you're listening to Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and today we feature music performed by National Chinese Orchestra Taiwan. The National Chinese Orchestra Taiwan, wanting to convey the beauty of Ila Formosa through Chinese music, has taken special care to record a selection of songs on the theme of flowers and plants of Taiwan. So international composers and local Taiwanese composers are invited to contribute different songs for this album. And next, let's take a listen to Cotton Trees in Bloom for Dizhi, Yangqin, and Erhu. And this piece is based on the campus folk song, The Kapok or Cotton Tree Road, composed by Ma Zhao Jun with lyrics by Hong Guangda.
trees in bloom for Dizhi, Yangqin, and Ohu, performed by National Chinese Orchestra Taiwan. And that will also wrap up this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. Thank you for listening. For comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. And our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And again, RTI is short for Radio Taiwan International. And I do look forward to your comments and suggestions. I'm Carlson Wong. Once again, thank you for your company. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.